TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 390, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. This is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. This is Aaron, actor, writer, and media critic. Uh, hey, this is Peter. I live in uh, West Hollywood and love pop culture. All right. Thanks, guys. And let's start off with the news. It's been two weeks, so we have a lot of news to cover. Uh, first thing is CW has announced they're doing a very big crossover with all their shows, except for not all of their shows. So the crossover <laughs> is going to be Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow. So we don't get Legends, because I think Legends doesn't start until the spring or something. I don't remember. And we're not, And they're not crossing over with Black Lightning. So we got three big cross three big shows for the crossover. Uh, Bewitched remake is in the works by Kenya Barris, and this is the last show he's going to do for ABC before his Netflix deal kicks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know the story behind the story because he had just re up with ABC before that quote-unquote lost episode kerfuffle from Spring. Oh, I know. He was not happy. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I, 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 I actually, read... the the big thing about the episode was the football kneeling, and ABC was like, oh, too controversial. He's like, okay, I'm going to Netflix. Well, no, I, I read the article in Variety at the time, and supposedly it was quote-unquote mutual. Ah. Uh, yeah, of course they're going to say that. Because bas- no, basically really they, were, they were like, cut it and he was he was very much like no this is part of the episode so if if you want to air the episode you got to air it the way it was intended and they're like okay fine we're not going to air it therefore that's mutual i guess uh that's one way of defining the word um next piece of news is that reef break has been ordered to series for summer of 2019 starring poppy montgomery for all the poppy montgomery fans out there uh, Connie Britton and Dylan McDermott will return to American Horror Story for their big crossover season. Hmm. Um, Apple has ordered Foundation by Isaac Asimov to series. Yep. And so they have two big showrunners, but I mean, well, one I'm still worried David, about. David S. Goyer, which is significant because he's got Krypton and sci-fi right now. Eh, Krypton's okay. but And I'm... Josh Friedman, who's done some really cool stuff, sci-fi stuff. Yeah, and I mean, Foundation, the thing that's daunting for all those who've actually read Foundation is just the time jumps are pretty And daunting. it's very cerebral. I don't. It's not very cinematic, but what do I know? Well, and also it's very, very, very dated. There's going to there's gonna have to be a lot of things done to make it palatable for, I think, a modern audience. Right. Well, just the style of it, yeah. Yeah, very. It's very, it's very you know sort of you know pop 1950s pop sci-fi um easy has been renewed for season three for its final season on netflix was anybody watching that show i don't even know what that is what's the name of it it's called easy no never even heard of it but apparently it's on its third season and it's going to be the final uh hugh laurie has been cast to star in a new hbo space comedy and I oh. like Hugh Laurie, and he's really funny, and I like space, so I'm like, all right, that sounds like a show for me. Uh, Big Bang Theory has, they've, they've uh, put a fork in it, and they said yeah. that season 12 will be the last season. And apparently it's because Jim Parsons was like, I am done. Thank you. And I think, it's like, I mean, it's been 12 seasons, so yeah. And he has enough money. <laughs> well, I mean, they're paying. And he's their... still an executive producer on Young Sheldon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and he only has to do VO for that show. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's out, and I, I think that makes sense because they've evolved that show as far as they can. 
Uh, next piece of news I have is that uh, Kim Dickens from Fear the Walking Dead fame is now going to Showtime for a show called Queen Fur. Um, I'm not sure what that show's about. And mm. I'm only curious because I really didn't like her on Fear the Walking Dead, but I hear everybody talks about how great an actress she is. So oh, I'm she's... like, well, I mean, I want to see her in something that she's good in. I just, I hated yeah. her on Fear. Like, I watched her. Watch Tremaine. Yeah. Tremaine, and... she's wonderful. And also Deadwood. She was terrific in that as well. And she did an arc on uh, Friday Night Lights. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but, ooh, hated her on Fear. So yeah, well, I think that was more the character than her. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think she was given a particularly good character to work with. I feel like she could have made that character interesting. I don't know. I just, ugh. Anyway, uh, so Brent Spiner has been replaced by Bruce Boxleitner on uh, Supergirl. The character is a reoccurring professor, and we still don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I thought he was supposed to be the vice president. The I thought he was supposed to be a professor. Well, we'll figure it out later. But either way, whatever. Uh, I'm just... I, I'm kind of interested if he's a villain, mainly because I've never seen Bruce Boxleitner play a villain. So I think that would be kind of cool. But uh, Why can't Bruce Boxleitner play a villain? That's, why can't he's he? He's a hero. I, no, I, I, why I'm, cast him to play a villain? I, I know. That's why I say he's always cast playing the hero. So, But I'm kind of hoping that he's cast to play the villain because that would be kind of interesting. But anyway, Tom, your news. That's all I got. Okay, I got a bunch. CBS All Access has cast Spock. Played, oh, yeah. played by Ethan Peck, as in Gregory's grandson. And he's, even though he physically resembles Zach Quinto more than Leonard Nimoy, he has the blessing of the Nimoy family, including the new... Uh, the newest addition, Terry Farrell, who married Adam Nimoy, Leonard's son. Yeah, they, I saw her. Treated... You know, that was so weird. I saw the picture with her. I was like, why is Terry Farrell in this picture? <laughs> I, I posted it and it's like, hey, that woman looks a lot like Dax. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, and I was like, I, don't understand. I didn't understand why she was in the picture. Uh, okay, that explains. That's so weird. But okay. Yeah, HBO works. has ordered Mrs. Fletcher, a comedy with Katherine Hahn, and they have... Uh, given a serious order to Watchmen from producer Damon Lindelof. Yes, I'm not enthusiastic because uh, I'm not a Lindelof fan, and it's 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 a sequel to the original, which is like, dude, that doesn't need a sequel, but don't get me started. Hulu has <laughs> greenlit Castle Rock Season 2, as well as a Veronica yes. Mars mini Oh my god! The Veronica Mars thing was such a big... It's not a mini-series. I thought it was a limited series. What is well, it? it's like eight episodes instead of 13 or 22. That's so. still fine. I mean, I'm sure if it does well, they're going to do another season. Uh, NBC has promoted Melanie LeBird, a.k.a. Beth's cousin Zoe, to series lead on This Is Us. So, hmm, that could hmm. be... Uh, she okay. could be in a little romance with Kev. Netflix has renewed Anne with an E for season three, as well as Glow for season three. Showtime has added Courtney Cox and Kate and Katie Seagal to Shameless. TNT has picked up the sequel to The Alienist, Angel of Darkness. And there was this whole kerfuffle. Ooh, does that mean they're going to compete for, you know, for a regular series instead of limited series? It's like, dude, it's a limited series. It's one book. <laughs> so uh, USA has canceled Shooter and they picked up Treadstone, which is, which is a thriller set in the Jason Bourne universe. Wait, so they canceled Shooter, and they went with the Jason Bourne universe with Treadstone, which is the the you know the shadowy government organization in the Bourne movies. Go hmm. figure. Okay, all right. All right it's well, all let's... about the IP, man. Let's get started. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead, and this we have one episode. To... Wait, two episodes to talk about. I'm confused. Uh, so who else saw Fear other than me? I did. I did. Okay. So basically the last week's episode was being locked in the house with Charlie. Um, what was the one before that? It was the build up to the storm. And that was basically 
both of, both of these episodes really complement each other, I guess. The first episode was very much the whole team basically breaks up and goes in all directions and nobody communicates with anybody because they're all idiots. Because <laughs> I feel like at the end of the world, the first thing you should do if you're going to go off on a mission is tell everyone, I am going off to do this thing in this direction and this point on this map. You know, and none of that. Ha- I mean, the only thing that happened was June slash Naomi slash whatever her name is. She called, uh, uh, what is his name? And told him on the radio that where she was going. What is his name? Come on, help me out. Dude from Deadwood. Dory, Dory. 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 Thank you. Dory. John Dory. There we like go. The- We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. But I think she's the only one that called him. And other than that, nobody talked to anybody else. And so now everybody's split to the four winds, which I always hate. Um, and then there's a hurricane that's coming. And so now what we're doing is we're seeing how the hurricane hit each individual group. But I get what they're doing because they did this on they did this on The Walking Dead. And at first I hated it, but it actually ended up being great because it let us get to know all the characters. And they're doing basically the same thing here. So they split everybody up into groups of two. So in the next episode, we get uh, Alicia and Charlie locked in a house. And it's just the two of them. And we really get to know Charlie. I mean, we sort of already knew Alicia. Um, Nothing is particularly added to her other than she's got all this grief and anger she's trying to work through. So now, what is your verdict? We've spent an hour with Charlie. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Or are we saying she should die, or does she has room to redeem herself? Yeah, she needs to go. I mean, I I liked uh, I liked the scene, you know, in the basement where, you know, she finally just says, you know, she's she's so fearful of turning into one of the walkers that that uh, she asks Elisa just to you know take her out, but. Um, I, I still don't think that the ending scene where Alicia seems to be warming up to her and like, you know, decides that she's going to take her to the beach. And I, I still don't think that she's that not going to take her to the beach. She just told her about the beach so she could envision it. That was the whole point of that conversation. She was because she had never been to the beach and Alicia described what the beach was like so that she could imagine so she it. could see it in her mind. Yeah. yeah. Take her to the beach in her mind. Right. Right. Yeah, but I, I I agree. I I don't know that I necessarily want her dead, but so far, even after having spent an hour that was really focused directly on her character, I I don't feel like that I learned more about her than I knew already. I mean, like little details here and there, but nothing that gave me more understanding about her character than I already had. So it, for me, it's like when I when they did this situation where they focus both characters you know as the entire show that can be really great if you've got two really dynamic characters but i just didn't feel like i got much out of out of either of these two interacting there it was it it didn't it was not a, a great like character experience and it certainly didn't move the story forward any any at all I'm going to get disagree with the crowd um, in that I thought I don't think it did that much for Alicia's character because I've never particularly liked Alicia in the first place and her being snotty and mean and I got I absolutely understood why she hated Charlie like I totally get that um, but she didn't do anything with her performance to make that interesting and so I have to say I did like Charlie's performance I thought that uh, child actor wise she did a great job and by the end of the episode I didn't blame her for some of the stuff that happened and I mean because if you really realize everything that's happened to her it, it worked for me so on a scale of moving the story forward I think it did move the story forward for me as far as accepting Charlie onto the team I think that worked it still didn't make me like Alicia anymore than I did before um, because how and then when she goes to the bridge and sees that or they go to all the places where everybody's supposed to be and nobody's there she's like well I guess they're all dead and I was like because that makes sense everyone's dead I don't think so like all the group that she's been hanging with are all survivors 
So I, I thought that it was crazy that her assumption was just, well, they're all dead. Let's just leave. Um, she is not. Well, the there brightest. was a lot of. No, there was a lot of dumb stuff through through the show. That was one of them. It's like you're not even going to check inside the bus to see right. who's there. I, know. I mean, you know, that that was number one. And earlier when they're they're worried about drowning inside of this this basement, I'm I'm looking at her, she's got the gun pointed at Charlie and I'm thinking there's a window behind well, you. Well, to be fair, Shoot that win- window. To be fair, that window was like triple paned. Well, um, but I mean, she didn't even try. That's still, true. Even yeah. not even try, you know. And I mean, I, that that would have they couldn't have crawled out it because it's too narrow. But it would have drained the water. Um, it's it's just silly. It was it, it was. There, the I, Alicia, just, like I said, Alicia is not the brightest character on the show, which is why I don't particularly like her. I don't think anybody in the Clark family was smart. <laughs> which, which is why I had a lot of problems with Fear the Walking Dead. And we've gotten rid of two of them, and Alicia's the last one. And I'm like, why? Um, but thankfully, we've added a lot of smart characters. We just didn't spend time with them this week. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Next week, or this, well, actually, the episode coming on tonight is all about Morgan, which I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the, yeah up to this was that Morgan was going around to all of the characters saying that he was going back to Alexandria. Which I was super stoked about for like five seconds and then I went oh right, he's not really going to go back to Alexandria. No, that's not happening. Uh, But yeah. Um, But it looks like they're going to be introducing some new interesting characters, so I'm looking forward to that. Right, and I think once all these new people plus the cast we're used to kind of come together and actually form a team I will be happy but they're, they're splitting them up specifically to do character development and even though it's painful when you go through it it actually i think it ends up working out at the end that's my opinion all right let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about preacher and this was the finale right there's no, no there's one week. more this is the penultimate yeah this is, I should, next week ton- uh, tonight actually right. uh so this episode finally Finally, we get uh, Jesse gets his the voice or the word back, which took forever for that to happen. But I actually appreciate how they did it. I thought it was pretty funny and gross. Uh, all those things. Very happen. gross. It's very <laughs> gross. But also really amusing when he took the humperdinks and like shuffled them together and sent them all out into the street like okay, I can't kill them, but I'm not going to help you guys take over the world if you can't figure out which one is the actual one. And my thing is, does it matter to them that much? Uh, But maybe it does. Uh, So he took all the humperdinks and shuffled them together and sent them out to the world. And then he got his power back and he's on his way to go kill his grandma. And I know that's going to go poorly. And then you have the whole time on the bus with uh, Tulip which was great. Their attempts to escape were all pretty amusing. And Hitler is, I don't know how they made him seem like a fumbling bumpkin, but uh, (laughs) yeah. What'd you guys think of Preacher? Well, I thought it was a great episode. I I enjoyed a lot of it. I could have done without the close-up shot of, the little tube squeezing <laughs> out of what was left of the uh, of the of the, um, the fake uh, all father, yeah. Uh, that that was really <laughs> more than I needed to see. But um, the rest of it, I thought, I thought was great. I loved what was going on with Tulip. Although you know, it's it's just so typical that she tries to do the right thing, and and it just goes completely you know, pear-shaped on her. Um, you know, the, the, it's, it's really, with Tulip, it's like, you know, the no good deed goes unpunished for her. That's absolutely true. And um, But the, the whole thing with her on the bus, I've been waiting for finally Eugene and Hitler and, and the, the, the uh, Saint of Killers to finally do something in this show to actually, you know, matter. And they, they finally had that interaction. I mean, it was well, like well, it was so the funny. second to last episode, but still it, it was, it was great to see. It was, what was so funny too, when she had just almost gotten away with it and Eugene's like, Oh, Tulip, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, way to blow her cover, man. Yeah. 
Like, thanks. Well, to be fair, he didn't know that was what was happening. And and Eugene is still, like, 16, so or at least he's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17 or whatever. And, mm-hmm. he, yeah, it, but that was hilarious. I couldn't even be mad at him. I was like, wow, okay. Anyone yeah. else? And then, of course, we've Go got Cassidy, who's oh, right. being what crucified at the moment. Oh, yes. Last we saw. I do not care about that story at all. Like, not even a little bit. Uh, any other thoughts? Anybody else, you preacher? No, I just wanted to see hats off. I just wanted to say hats off to the actor who played the old father because, I mean, I can't imagine that you know you're you're playing just an absolutely ridiculous character. You're in a fat suit. You're in this huge thing, but somehow the actor was able to kind of to to I, I think played a really good villain and and at times yeah, he was him. menacing. He was scary. Yeah. Yeah, he does. That's kind of his thing. I've never seen him play a character who was nice. He was he was the one who was the the big bad or sort of big bad on uh, Blacklist this season. Um, oh right, and right. He, yeah, he oh, he's that was him. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, and he he kind of plays bad guys all the time. Yeah, but he had to do it with a six hundred pound fat suit this time. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, that's that's why you bring in a professional in that field. Yeah, he has to he has to play a role where he's like eating constantly and throwing up all the Ugh, time. That was so <laughs> bad. <God. laughs> I mean, the thing I have to say is that's usually not my kind of humor, but they pulled it off. They pulled it off in this one, and I was just laughing like, "Wow, all right," um, but. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Let's move on. I cannot wait for the finale. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk Better Call Saul. And this was what? Episode two, three, three, what? three, three, yeah. I believe. All right, Tom, why don't you go first since we monopolized the other story? Uh, this, um, yeah. This, what did you think of this episode? No, it's interesting. The Saw storyline kind of focused on this, you know, the great Hummel robbery. I know, right? <laughs> like, dude, are you that bored? Yes, that he you is. Had to do the Hummel ripoff, mm-hmm. and that that storyline wasn't as engaging as kind of what's going but on. I think, with the, but the point of Nacho. that story, the the point, well, Nacho story obviously was great, but the Hummel thing was it shows that he goes in. For a legitimate job, which he claims he wants, and then he gets the job, but then he gets mad and doesn't really—he doesn't really want the job. He's it's still this self about, de- yeah, self sabotage. Well, he's—I mean, but that, it's like it's beyond self sabotage to the point of punishment. He's really punishing himself, and he's kind of given up on being a good guy, given up on being a lawyer, and he's totally gone a hundred percent back to being the old Jimmy. Like this is the- something the old Jimmy would do. The two things that I did, the two burning questions for me from the Jimmy storyline were, one, why is Kim back in court? Two, was that the real letter from Chuck? Because that did not sound like Chuck. No. (laughs) You think she rewrote it? Oh, it didn't even occur to me. Because I saw her file it and put it away, and I was like, oh, she's never going to give it to him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But based on her reaction when she started crying, I felt like it was the real letter. Because her reaction was really just, like, bigger than it necessarily should have been. And she was so emotionally moved by it. It didn't... She was... I think she was genuinely surprised. But that so doesn't sound like Chuck. That's the problem I have. Cause I know. Was... It didn't sound like Chuck's voice at all. I agree. No. Well, but it was... It was. But, I mean, I got the indication that the letter was really, like, right after Jimmy had gotten a job in the mailroom. Yes. So, yes, because it's he... not dated. They very clearly say it's not dated. So it's yeah. before just before um, Chuck got all upset that he became a lawyer when he was like, oh, you're doing honest work. But the thing, remember, his thing is he thinks that Jimmy's stupid. And so he thinks that Jimmy working in the mailroom and doing an office job is honest work to the level of what he can do. So he was really kind of proud of him in that moment. And it wasn't until he found out that Jimmy went off by himself and became a lawyer that he got you know, all sabotage Yeah. So I think it could have been a genuine letter from him. Let, let me tag in Allison or somebody else to talk about that, to start off with the nacho stuff. Oh, that was, that was great. I'm, I am fully invested in, in nacho and what he had to go through in this oh, episode. Oh man. 
I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just terrible because unlike Jimmy, who's like willfully falling into this life of crime, uh, Nacho wants nothing better than to get out of it. And yet he just keeps getting sucked further down and and everything just gets worse. Right. You know, to, to the point where the only way that he can even make this work is, is getting shot and, twice. and almost dying <laughs> twice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... I feel so badly for him because it's he's he's the one who's like fighting against the tide. And yet he's the one who's getting sucked so far into it. Right. And, you know, it's not going to end well. No. Got to make it look real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They look like they enjoyed that a little too much. Um, Yeah. We didn't get. Oh, we did get Gus. We got Gus with the chemist from season three of Breaking Bad. Yep, uh, our utility which... player who shows up in almost every show of quality on cable, <laughs> David Costabile. Yeah, I mean, it was so great when he walked in on him, and I was like, oh! and I got really excited and happy about seeing him, so that was fantastic. Singing the Elements by Tom Lehrer. <laughs> I love that. And then he was yeah, like, so... he's, he's like, pull me off the bench, coach. Gus is like, not yet. Go ahead, yeah, Craig. So... So when Gus goes in there, I mean, he's in a high school. And so I was like, is, did that guy work I don't think in he was a high place? school. That was a, like a college. That was yeah. College. Okay. So it wasn't the same place that, uh, um, Walter. Walter. No, yeah. Walter worked at a high school. This was a college university. Oh, the character's name is Gail something. Yes. Gail. Does anybody know how many seasons we expect Saul to go? Because this is four and Breaking Bad only went five. And I feel like they're just, scratching the surface of where the series can go no idea they have not committed one way or the other but uh greg any other thoughts about this episode no (laughs) no No, you can move on okay so we're all saying yes this is amazing i love that they are starting to cross over characters this is all really good i actually thought the thief that was going to show up for the hummel um, thing was going to be one of um, Jesse's friends. <laughs> I thought I, I was like, oh, it's that guy. Like, cause you only see him in the dark at first, and I thought it was one of Jeffy's goofball idiot friends, uh, who basically are always high and robbing places. But they surprised me. Uh, some random other guy I didn't know. All right, let's move on. Uh, thumbs up for Better Cross All, definitely. Next up, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the center. And this episode gets deeper into the whole mystery of the cult and they do some flashbacks to the cop being a kid and then some weird stuff happened at the end where I was like, wait, what happened? Which is pretty much the cop's reaction too. she like tells him that she he's attracted to her and he was like, I don't think that's true. But then... She starts rubbing his face, and he's like, well, maybe, and then he wakes up in his hotel room, and I went, wait, what? So now we're not supposed to know what happened to him that night, one way or the other, and I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening. Any well, other she song? did give him tea. Did he drink this it? Is... I, I, I saw him take the tea, but I didn't think he drank it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh... Yeah, she's screwing with his head, and I'm not sure what her motive is other than, see, he can't be the cop to do whatever because he slept with me, uh, is the only card I can see her pulling from that. Um, because if he now doesn't remember, then whatever influence she has over him, though, would, it makes no sense that she has any influence over him at all. So, like, it was all very strange. The end was very strange. Well, Allison, well, your and thoughts? Of, and, of course, he, he wakes up where he wakes up is that hotel room where, oh, where the, everyone the got killed. killed. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, even if we didn't see him drink the tea, uh, you know, at, at that particular scene, cause I can't quite remember it one, uh, you know, well enough for that. I think at some point, like maybe after that he did, which would have been really dumb to drink tea from a woman who clearly taught her son how to poison people. Exactly. But, um, you know, since, since all we get is this jumble of images followed by him waking up in this room, clearly drugs had to be involved at some point. So, uh, you know, that's, that's 
the best that I got out of that. Now, how exactly that happened, I think they'll tell us later. But it just seemed like a lot of what he did was just so dumb. Following this woman out into the woods. Um, and then once he gets injured, instead of just walking back the way he came to get out of there. He, he went to confront her, right? He, yeah, he went to confront her and he's wandering around in woods that he is not familiar with. And why would anybody do that? Uh, especially someone who's supposed to be, you know, pretty clever. Well, or, I mean, the thing actually... that she, because at first I was like, oh, all he has to do is use his phone to get out. But then I was like, oh, she made him leave his phone in the car. Yeah. When I got why she did that, and I think he did too, but what he wasn't expecting was her to ditch him in the woods. Um, yeah, but once once that happens, and once especially once you know you're injured and it's getting late, I mean, just go back the way you came. Don't go wandering through the woods. Well, no, he did. He no, 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 no. He did because they started off at the barn. So once he got to the barn, he knew where he was. I would have just gone back to my car, got my gun, got my other stuff. But and then well, left. You're right. Yep. They started off at the barn, but where they ended up when was a was a separate cabin. She said this is where their former cult leader uh, made oh, his home. Right, right, this right, right. Is completely different. I don't location. think he did that on purpose. I seriously think he was just lost, and and he went to the first lights he found. I don't think he was trying to find wherever she was. I think he was trying to get out of there. I didn't get the impression. Well, the best way to do that is go back the way you came. If he can um, remember that, I mean, I think by the time he realized she wasn't in front of him, he was turned around. And that that was the impression I got because they had him kind of they had the camera kind of spinning, and so I got the impression he was turned around. Like once he realized he couldn't find her, but whatever. And there were a lot of after that. Once he got to the cabin, stupidity. True. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what the point is of that part of the story because, yeah, you've so shown us that our hero is really smart up until this point. So that's kind of weird. All right. That's all I really have to say about the center. Like, it needs to do something else in the next episode to prove that there was a reason why we did all this stupidity earlier. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Insatiable and Take Two. And that's going to be Peter because these are two shows that he he's the only one who watched. So, are we supposed to be watching these shows, sir? So, um, uh, excuse everyone, my I seem to have <clears throat> lost my voice uh, this weekend, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but uh, Insatiable had gotten really terrible reviews, and so I had seen the ads on Netflix. So, and of course, I'm you're like, like, I should watch this because it seems terrible. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I like these kind of shows. I, I like Mean Girls. I like Heather's. I like Scream Queens. I like shows that are kind of like these broad glee would be another one I would put in that category where you have like um, usually more of a focus on um, teen, teen girls than boys, uh, I guess. Um, and I can sort of see the complaints. I mean, supposedly um, the woman who is the showrunner who created the show, she is basing Insatiable on her own experience was that she struggled with. Uh, weight issues in high school and got teased a lot and so the premise of the show is that the girl which to be fair you know which is never never good is that the actress who's a you know thin 20 something actress in the first 10 minutes she's in like a fat suit which is always like not great to do three months later because she um i think like she gets her jaw broken she she could she couldn't eat so she lost all the weight which is why in the rest of the show she looks like Disney's Debbie Ryan or whatever. Now, granted that I can see why people will be offended with the fat suit thing. I get that and everything. But the actual show, which is basically her trying to get revenge on these people who were mean to her and also wanting to be in the Miss Jesus magic uh, beauty pageant. Um, and she's hoping this guy, Bob, will, um, you know, will help her to glory or whatever. That stuff I found, like, I thought that was funny. I mean, it's, if you've ever seen Drop Dead Gorgeous again or Mean Girls or But I'm Not a Cheerleader, it's very satirical. It's very like, you know, kind of broad, you know, um, I, I don't know, broad kind of character, you know, like uh, very like loving but broad, like kind of the, the main character, uh, one of the main characters, Bob's, is a feels like he's probably a closeted, like he's very gay, but he's married to Alyssa Milano and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I grew up, maybe it's because I'm older. 
so I grew up with like, you know, uh, these kind of comedies in the 90s and early 2000s. Like I kind of thought that was par for the course. The only thing I would say that maybe would have been better is that looking back on it since this since I'm sorry, I don't know what her name is, but since the showrunner is basing it on her own experience and I am assuming she's probably in her 30s or 40s, it probably would have made more sense for the show to take place in the 90s because that's that's exactly what it's aping it's trying to be like one of those things and maybe the critics would have been a little nicer i think that placing it in the real world makes it a little more open for um political correct like is this a good portrayal type of thing but either way i i enjoyed it if they don't come back for season two it's fine but i i enjoy those kind of you know abroad if they kind of go go for it and i think they do and there was there were some episodes where I actually found where it had a little more meat than I thought they were going to. Um, but I will wrap that up because I know that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, on the other side of the spectrum, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of summer shows right now. And um, I think uh, Libya and I used to watch uh, Rookie Blue right on ABC, yeah. which was a was a Canadian cop show, right? Was that for a couple seasons, right? Like four seasons or something. It went on for quite a while, yeah. Yeah, you know, and then it just got canceled. And it was, you know, it was never the best show, but it was entertaining for the summer. So right now there's a show called Take Two, which is um, Rachel Bilson, who is in her mid-30s. She was a, she was on the OC. She had a CW show called um, Heart of Dixie. Um, She's a charming, like, actress and stuff. I've never really loved her shows, but I've always liked her. And she is basically, basically take two is a, I guess it's like a modern version of that Michael J. Fox movie, The Hard Way. Does anybody remember that? It was a movie, I want to say it's from the 90s also. And it's like, Michael J. Fox is a actor who wants to play a cop in a movie. And so he decides that he wants to do a ride along and hang out with a real cop. And that takes place in New York. And it's James Woods, who's of course a tough cop and everything and hilarity ensues. And so take two is a similar thing, except she's supposed to be like a, who's the woman on, what is it, Mariska Hardigay? The one on Law and Order, right. was on forever. So she's supposed to be that type of person. And then she has a scandal where she loses her job, but she has a chance to redeem herself on this new kind of a show, a movie where she's going to be a private detective. And her agent is like, oh, I have a friend who, her brother's a private detective. And so basically it's in Los Angeles and she's going to hang out with him. And of course he hates it, but he needs the money because, you know, he has to pay the bills and she needs something and she's, but I, I think what I like about it, it's very much an average show. It's not great or anything, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the banter. I enjoy the enthusiasm, you know, sometimes television, especially for like summer shows, you can enjoy these kind of tropes, you know, and it's just like, you know, and I brought this up with Olivia. I mean, I guess in a way, we could also say Luther is a similar thing. Luther is a show about, yes, he's the devil, but it's essentially... It's Lucifer. Lucifer is different than Luther, by the way. Oh, oh, you're totally right. It's Idris Elba. I'm sorry. Lucifer. So he's the devil, and doesn't he kind of get paired in Los Angeles with a cop? Yeah. He does. Yeah. Right, but so it's, it's kind not... Of a, yeah, well... It's more because he's bored and wants to solve, and he feels that people need to be punished because he's not in hell anymore, so he wants to punish people who deserve it. Well, I would say the, the plot here is that the Rachel Bilson character wants to do something with her life, and she realizes that as an actress, she's 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 pretty good at, at like when they do an interview, she's really good at knowing if someone's lying. So she's like, wow, I can actually use this skill to actually help people and everything. So it is, I mean, so she kind of has a journey, but it's very light. I'm not saying it's like, but wouldn't you say, I don't think Lucifer's super deep either no, no, from the pilot. No, no. Yeah. But well, anyways, you know, I've seen a couple of episodes um, of Take And um, for me, it's, it's kind of Castle light. Um, I feel like Castle yeah. did a better yeah. job of that particular trope as far as telling the story of, you know, somebody who's now being paired with the police department to solve crimes. I think Castle did it way better, but um, there were some cute moments in take two for me, but um, I, I only watched the first couple of episodes. I would agree. No, I agree from what I've seen at Castle. Yes, I, I, I like Nathan Killian. Um, although I always thought the woman was okay. I don't remember where the actress's name is. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, I agree. But I don't know. It's a fun... I don't know. We all have shows. We look, we have shows like Castle Rock or 
better call Saul that like we're, you know, we're kind of really focused on and stuff. And then I don't know. I feel like there's summer shows that you're kind of like you put it on and you're, you might be doing other things, but you're entertained. That's what this show is like. Yeah. So, I, my anyway. thing is uh, there are so many shows right now that even during the year, I might miss a show that's amazing. I don't have time for mediocre shows. If you tell me the show is I mediocre, I'm not going to watch it. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying, but maybe I shouldn't say mediocre. Maybe I should just say, but okay. As much as, as much as you guys all love better call Saul, which I've only seen the pilot for, I mean, there is a difference between watching something that is like heavy and dense and watching something that is like light and it's just like, it's entertaining, but no, it's not the best show. Yeah, But I think also, yeah, it, it does. But I, I watch uh, the Sherlock Holmes show for that. Sure. And, and, sure. and I watch okay. that in fast forward. Yeah. So like, I don't even okay. watch that in real time. I'm just like, the plot's unimportant. I find him charming and I might slow right. it down with, but I, I don't have patience for mediocre shows. I really don't. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. But, but, anyways, I, was... but anyway, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Sure. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Castle Rock that we were just talking about. Uh, this episode was basically a deep look into Alzheimer's uh, because we basically got a view inside oh, Sissy Spacex. What is her character's name? Ruth. Ruth? Ruth yeah. Deaver. Yeah, so we got uh, we got a look inside her mind and what visually what Alzheimer's looks like. Yes, because uh, there was a point where I was like, "Wait, is she time traveling?" Like, because at first I thought it was like a power, and then I went, "Oh no, that's not a power." I was like, "It's a terrible power. <laughs> that's a power." Yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible power. <laughs> um, and then once I worst realized, ever. exactly. <laughs> and, and then once you realize what's really happening, I was like, "That is amazing!" Like how they yeah. portrayed that was fantastic. And it makes it it makes so much more sense. I mean, you know, Alzheimer's is disorienting, and that you know people lose track of who, when they are, who they are, and all that other stuff. But having the visual representation of kind of how it hits was pretty awesome. Um, yes. And and they still maintained the danger of the situation at the same time, which was incredible. Um, any other thoughts? Let, I'll let all, you guys. Are we, all, this, are we all watch, uh, we all watch this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. This was one of my favorite episodes of television, I think, this season. Um, it so resonated with me, I think, because I have family members who have dealt with Alzheimer's and dementia. It just gave such a um, just such a, a, a picture of what goes on inside the mind. And watching the way the Sissy Spacek balanced it all, I think it was so spot on. And I think it was just genius in her performance. The way that she bounced from past to present to imagination, it was fluid. It was beautiful. I thought it was skillfully edited together. And I mean, the part that blew me away in that episode, I just I just sat up in my chair, was when um, she, after she stabbed, um, I think he's called the kid, right? Um, Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. After she him in the shower, and then she had to push through the people attending oh, her husband's right. funeral. Well, like, part, well half, of it, half of it was her husband's funeral, and half of it was the wedding. Was the so, wedding, yes. Right. And watching her push through that crowd, it was like she's trying to fight to get through. Uh, it, it just it was just like representation of so many things, of fighting to get through the past, fighting to keep your sanity. I just saw her, the fight. And what I love is that although she was bouncing around, it was still present-day Sissy Spacek playing all those roles. It wasn't her past self, you know, her younger version. Well, you would see her in the, the younger version of the mirror and stuff like that, but... Yeah, they yeah. did a great job. Like, yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Okay, next, who's the next person wants to go? Yeah, no, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and the the way that they conveyed that she, you know, the, the part of the tragedy of it is how brilliant she's supposed to have been before yeah. this this hit, and part of that is expressed in how she winds up figuring out how to get herself back to the present, which is yeah. using those chess pieces. It's yeah. like, you know, breadcrumbs that she's she's left herself so she can fight her way back to the present time. And, um, you know, it's it's just this 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 wonderful image that they keep repeating, you know, when she she uh, goes to this right to the very end um, where they have, you know, they they cut away from her now 
willingly living in the past Mm -hmm. so she can experience, you know, seeing her, her lover again. And you see in the foreground the the two chess pieces the queen and the knight and the queen looks you know looks like she's grieving and the knight is lying down and it's just it was this wonderful amazing image to to end this on now i will say that you know obviously this wasn't a superpower of hers this we were getting inside her head but you know this being stephen king uh, maybe there is something actually supernatural going on because remember he is brought back due to a gunfire happening nearby. And in fact, the gunfire that we know of is her shooting him in the barn. Right. I did think that, that I was like, so wait, is time travel really happening? Uh, what? Yeah, that was... So there may be something circular actually happening. You don't know. I mean, since... We are where we are. Uh, any other thoughts, Tom or Greg or Peter? I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I really, I've just recently caught up with all the episodes uh, last week, and um, this might be. Yeah, I, I think this might be the best one. Um, I, I, I want to ask though. Um, okay, wait. I'm, I, I'm just a little confused, and I just want to see if you guys can explain to me. The chess pieces is how she roots herself in the present. And at the end, when she see her, she's her hugging. Is that Scott Glenn? Is that the yes. actor? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that she killed him by accident. How do you guys know that it's not real? That's where I was a little confused. Well, it what is, is real, but it's in the past. Because but it's I a thought, conver- it's a conversation thought- that they had already talked about having. They were like, "Remember when I knocked on your door and I said this and this and this?" And she was like, "Yes, I remember that." And you said that. It's the same conversation word for word. So you know mm-hmm. that it's a conversation that they had in the past. So what is the point? So Allison, what is the significance of showing the chess pieces? Are we saying that the, the chess pieces don't work? No, no, no. What we're saying is is that we're in the present and, and Scotland's character is dead and, and she's grieving. But what we're watching in terms of them, you know, talking to each other in the doorway um, and having that that reunion, that is her that is her uh, fantasy. That's that's her mind tripping back to this time, and she's deliberately ignoring the chess pieces that are telling her it's in the present, and now she's just not paying any attention to it. I see. Okay, so but there, there's also a point where she grabbed the chess pieces, and I thought she was going to go to the present, but she didn't, and there was like this weird dog barking right there in her face and so mm-hmm. she's holding on the chess piece and it's not taking her to the present it's still leaving her in the past so that point it didn't work and that when she's in the bedroom that point oh, right there yeah. it did not work to bring her back to the present so I, and that happens that's pretty late that's like right before she ends up having the big confrontation she gets right. stuck well, she gets stuck in the past for a minute. Yeah. Well, so, of course, you know, her brain is deteriorating over time. So, you know, I, I think that the combination of, of this condition progressing, so right. it's harder and harder to get to the, the present. And also the fact that at this point, she doesn't even want to, to well, live the in the end, present. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the very end, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I think, I think she's, she's just pretty much lost at this point. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, and it also makes you wonder because uh, the kid, um, you know, he's he's ultimately creepy in this episode, but he's also like channeling her dead husband. What is that about? Like, yeah, and it's like like how does he know the combination to the safe that's in the attic um, where she thought she had the bullets, but then it turned out that she had the bullets in the suitcase that the dog was in. Well, at first I thought he was reading her mind, but then he knew stuff that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, she may not know it anymore. She may have one time known the combination of the safe, safe and he's pulling it out of her head, you know, because it was her birthday. And then, yeah. And we know that she does have Alzheimer's, but how much of this, you know, this, you know, her degradation in this episode is also being, could be caused by the kid. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. Cause it led her to shoot someone and that's his thing. He always leads you to kill somebody you love. Right. 
Yeah, and so I mentioned, I think I mentioned to you, the only thing, I, I thought this this episode was a masterpiece. The only thing that I'm questioning is, okay, why did the grandson just leave and go and disappear? Because it's like, um, I at least I think if I, if I can read my time frames right, was she in like the garage, you know, where she shot Pangborn? Was she in there until the morning? Because it was like she came out. And it seemed like the sun was coming up, but the grandkid was still not back. I mean, wouldn't you think that the grandkid would have like come back? Also, after a you can't, but you can't. She is not a reliable narrator. It was turning night and day all over the place during her flashbacks and forwards. So yeah. you have no idea when that was happening, you know. But well, I, I had I had a problem with um, like he knew that she was in danger, you know. Yes. And he goes, I'm not leaving you with this creepy dude. And she's like, no, I'm the grandmother. I take care of you. I need you to go. And I can see him leaving when she gave him that directive. But then the next thing he should have done was get help. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's the only problem I have with the story. Is that he actually, like, went to the mall because she told him to. Like, he's old enough to know better. Yes. Yeah, so other than the fact that, you know, they had the scene where they're, he's playing the video game and he kind of gives her the idea that in order to battle the spirits, you have to be more alert. And then she stops taking her medication. I'm not really sure how his character really has is is really part of the story. Uh, well, maybe something. Wait, wait, yeah, something might happen next is also we don't know if his dad's abilities are genetic. Maybe he has the abilities, too. So, yeah, we don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm patient. Uh, but I think we all agree that this episode is fantastic. So we're all giving it a thumbs up. Brilliant. Yes. Uh, next, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to Y'all are making me want to subscribe to Hulu. <laughs> At least wait till it's... <laughs> since I just talked direct TV into lowering my bill for the next year. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> well, you, can, you can wait till it's over and binge it and get like... Because they, they give like a month free or a week free. You can get one of those deals. And wait till it's all out and just binge it. How far are we into the season? Pretty far. I think we only have two more episodes. Okay, so it'll be a good time to get that free <laughs> that free yeah. trial. Yeah, it's really good, dude. It's, well, it's if really one good. of you wants to refer me, I think you get some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Killjoys, and this episode again ends up splitting up the team, which I hate. But I didn't mind this time really okay yeah because everything because everything tied in well and you know why they're going different directions true and it just it, it worked for me I, I liked her training uh jack or jacoby as we the kid <laughs> i liked the training and how he was like a natural but not and i liked the big assassin fight that was pretty yes. awesome um but and I do like the fact that uh, Dutch kind of fell back to her training, like how she was trained mm-hmm. to train him. And, like, it makes sense that she would do that. And it also makes sense that Dolph would be like, yeah, Klein abused you. And and she was like, no, he didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I but he did, yeah. Pretty, I thought that was pretty revelatory. It's like, dude, yeah. you were totally abused. Like, no, I wasn't. It's like she is in such denial. Well, I mean, to her... She's proud of who she is, and Klein made her who she is. And he made her who she was to survive. Like, mm-hmm. that's why he did it. But it was abusive. Yes. Not, you, there's no way you can say that it's not. But Well, just just the ahead. fact that Dav says, yeah, and then the ship... Why am I blanking on the ship's name? Lucy. 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 And the fact that Lucy is not telling them when people were leaving. I know, right? <laughs> throughout. <laughs> When Dav takes Jack at the end, it's like you don't blame him because no. who knew no. that Dav had all these paternal instincts? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, it makes sense to me, but I mean, I think he's right too because this kid is what three days old and he's almost been assassinated and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And there are two enemies there's the people that are coming after Dutch. And they're the people who are coming after his son. And for him, they all know where he is. So lay low. Find some place to lay low where they don't know Check, where he please. is. Check, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the kid's scared. Like, for the first time, he's genuinely scared. 
And um, he's like, all right, do you want to go? And the kid's like, yeah. He's like, okay, let's go. I'm kind of going to miss Delsea. No, it doesn't look like she's going to be a... gone. She has, She's doing something. I don't know. She's like, I'm yeah, not but, going to wherever. But still, having her with everybody on a regular basis, I mean, we're even though she plays the royal bitchiness to, to the T, I like the softer side of her being a mom. And just the brief moment she spent with Jack in this one was kind of interesting. Yeah, she was like, you will be named yeah. Ama Summa Summa whatever. And she's like, he's your, he's your grandfather who was never convicted of murdering such a sick massacre. And she was like, what? <laughs> she was very proud of the fact that he was never convicted. And I was like, wow, that's okay. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff with Delsea is great. Everything was good. And then the, I don't, I, I don't feel what I'm supposed to feel for Pip because I don't particularly like, I feel bad for, What's her name? The woman. Zeph? Yeah, I Zeph? feel bad for Zeph more than I feel bad for Pip, to be honest. P- Pip is okay, but if he dies, I don't really care. <laughs> so, uh, why, can't, why can't I remember the name of the bartender? Um, uh, oh, Pre? Pre, yeah, thank you. I love Pre. Like, where is my man? <laughs> 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 I just, th- this to me, I mean, after you got past the first few episodes of this season this is starting to feel more a little bit like classic Killjoys even though everybody's not all together they're doing cool Killjoysy stuff yeah yeah that's true I mean Pre when he gets when he actually reveals his real self he's pretty scary oh he's, he's very scary yeah so and I, <laughs> I warlord self yeah, yeah that's that's the Pre I like I like that version uh, and I like that he's like I don't care where I have to go to get my man but I'm gonna do it um, and he was like, "We're not even done with our honeymoon." <laughs> but I just, I just love how you know. I mean, he's he's always fabulous, even even when he's being totally warlord. When he yeah. finally gets deliberately captured, and so they can find out where everybody's being held, and he he looks at the he, you know, "Where are you? I'm on the rack, and I hate what they done with the place." <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he is so much fun. I, yeah, you're right. The first episode or so was just kind of weird, but now, well, now that um, John is back to being John, and mm-hmm. or Johnny is back to being himself, I do feel like this show is is firing on all cylinders now. So thumbs up mm-hmm. for me. All right. Yep. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, the Innocence on Netflix, and it dropped I think Friday, and I've watched the first two. Peter's watched, watched the, the first one. So I guess we're only talking about the pilot then. Um, everybody's watched the pilot? Yes? I think. Yep. Yeah. I, wa- I watched the whole thing. Well, I we're only the- talking about the pilot. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's be clear. I, I just pilot. have this question for Allison. Mm-hmm. Should I keep with it? Because I'm intrigued, but it, it didn't grab me. But yeah. it interested me. Yeah. No, it's, uh, first of all, it's it's only eight episodes, so it's, it doesn't drag on for like, you know, 13, 15 episodes. Okay. So there's that. But it's, the, the thing is, it gets off to a great start and then it meanders for a really long time. And when you think it's getting somewhere good, it, it, it concludes in a way that kind of makes you really angry. <laughs> So, I said we were talking uh, about the pilot. Stay yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm just saying, you know, I know, but know I whether you want to watch it or not, it's it's it really depends on how much tolerance you have for that. It's going to meander for a while, and it's not necessarily going to end satis- in a satisfying way. Yeah. I I will say this, and there was a really interesting article. I can't remember if it was a Netflix exec or somebody else talking about. One of the one of the problems we're seeing with all the streaming services and whatnot is we're losing the ability to tell a great standalone episode. And I've noticed with a lot of the the Netflix series are really guilty of this is you don't tell the complete story in the pilot because you know you're doing more. And the problem is you need to hook me. You need to hook a casual yeah. viewer or an interested yeah. viewer in the pilot. By giving them a semblance of closure, but pushing that arc story forward. And mm-hmm. right now, the most burning question, the biggest burning question I have is, is Guy Pierce a good guy or a bad guy? Because right. I really like Guy Pierce. 
but he's played both and he does both really well. But I don't <laughs> well, know. I think and he is great in this. Yeah. And I think that's kind of open to interpretation. I think in his mind, he's definitely a good guy. I think mm-hmm. he believes that the experiments he's doing are going somewhere and that he's helping these people. I do believe he thinks that now, whether or not that's actually what, cause it does look like he's just torturing them. Like is really should what we, it looks like. Should we talk about the premise of the series? We haven't really. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead. It's ostensibly about people who can shapeshift. And that's, it, yeah, it's <laughs> the cold opening again. It intrigued me mostly because of Guy Pierce, but it didn't grab me. And then we spend a bulk of the mo- the majority of the episode away from him. And obviously, somebody's paying money to get a movie star in their TV show, in a Norwegian t- TV show at that. But yeah, the young leads are appealing enough. Yeah, um, I like I like them. I especially like. Oh wait, is that the second episode? Never mind. Uh, so in the first episode. Uh, they, they don't really, you got to kind of watch the second one because the second one is really like, yeah, you get the girl and cause she shapeshift. You see that she shapeshifts into the big guy at the end of the episode. Steiner. At the end of episode one. Yeah. At the Uh end of episode one. But when you see her playing that character in episode two, it's great. It is great. It's really well done. So do they have. Do they have the Anglo girl playing that character as the Anglo girl? Or, well, or well that's the thing. It's like a weird combination. Like while she shapeshifted as him, she all of a sudden can speak Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of his characteristics come through into her, but she's also a teenage girl who's terrified and doesn't know what just happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of that gets played really well. And then I like that the kid his initial response is like, Oh, I totally believe that you've shapeshifted. Okay, cool. Where do we go? He's freaked out. Like, which yeah. should be the absolute response. So I really, I really think it really kind of kicks off in the second one, as far as acting and performances more than the first, the first one is a little bit of a slow burn because yeah. the dad does everything wrong. If you know that on your daughter's 16th birthday, she's going to get these weird abilities to shapeshift. You should give her a heads up. Instead of telling her, we're going to move to some island in the middle of nowhere and you're going to leave all your friends. You're okay with that, right? Like, Well, when you no. say dad, he's not the dad. He's according not the dad. To the, right, uh, right. He's, according to the he's brother. He's the stepfather or whatever. Yeah. But he yeah. does know what's going on. And that's still my point. He, I think he sees her as his daughter. And he does mm-hmm. know what's going on. And he's trying to protect her. And you can tell he absolutely cares about her. But... Mm-hmm. He's not giving her any information. Everything he's told her is a lie. He's like, your mother has epilepsy, and so do you. Lie. (laughs) Like, I understand you telling her that when she's little, but when her powers are about to kick in, have a sit. He was like, well, when we get to the island, I'll tell you. Like, no. So Well, clearly everything he does is, I mean, he's so paranoid about, you know, her shifting or, you know, being found out or being you know, taken away from him in some way that, I mean, we're, we're talking helicopter parenting to the max. Oh, he absolutely. walks her to her locker. I know. Right. I, I mean, who does that? You know, yeah. leaving, leaving her off at school, that's one thing, but walking her to her locker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course she feels absolutely stifled and he ends up, you know, getting her to do the exact opposite of what he was trying to do. Right. You know, she, she, she of course, she finally, she you know, just right. breaks. Of course she, and she wants to get as far away from him as possible. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah. I, I thought that the teaser or the cold open, I thought it was very fresh. Um, but the only issue I really have is I feel like the setup and the rules of the world were not established for me yet. So it's kind of still for me, it's a little bit of a fender bender and in the intersection of what the and why are we at the moment? You know what I mean? I'm still yeah, trying yeah. to. Think. Yeah. And that will, well, unfortunately, please. they they keep. They keep things vague for uh, way too long. That's one of my my issues with the show. It does it does eventually get explained, but it takes forever before they do it. My yeah. philosophy of shows like these are: for every ball you throw up in the air, think of I, I tell my students it's like juggling. For every ball that you throw up in the air, you need to catch one that's already there. Right. Otherwise, you either end up with an impossible number of balls and something's going to fall. You've got to give audiences a. You know, 
Like Dr. Evil used to say, throw me a freaking bone here. I've been watching your show for five episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter, your thoughts. You're the one that got us to watch this. What did you think? Yeah, I was kind of on it. I did like the end. I did think that her looking in the mirror, holding him, and, you know, we're seeing that that that's her inside was great but yeah and it's it's well shot mm-hmm. uh, and i like gear pierce and everything but yeah you should, you should at least watch the second episode i think before you make your decision uh, because yeah i mean and I the like, whole conversation I like... is pretty good mm-hmm. um yeah i'll probably watch the next one but yeah i was kind of just okay so all right i i would i would give a warning for people who tune into this on Netflix. Netflix has this tendency to autoplay these these teaser trailers at the beginning. And if you watch that teaser trailer like I made the mistake of doing, you will essentially see the entire episode. The entire first episode. So none of the surprises that, that are supposed to happen will be surprising to you. So I, I would suggest if you're going to do that, don't watch that. All Thanks right. for the hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, leave it at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, We Upload, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.